Welcome to Hills Podcast. Hope you enjoy our series Pursuit. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date each week. Hallelujah. I hope you all had an awesome week. I had a very relaxed week. I didn't have much. Still on break from uni, so it was just, you know, casual. I drove quite a few friends to the airport. So people are going on holiday. Some are coming back from holiday, and it's good to see some faces that I haven't seen in a while. So it's good to see everybody in the house. Amen? Amen. Amen. So um, this morning, we're um, going to continue the Pursuit series. Um, and again, um, because it's still, you know, that January, beginning of the year kind of vibe, we're doing these short, these short messages. So the sermon's not going uh, to be long. Um, but man, who knows? It's difficult to write a short message. It's easy to write a long message where you can talk and talk and talk, but when you need to write a short message, it's like, oh, what to take out and what not to take out. Um, so before I start, I just want to welcome everybody. Um, I know this is a significant year for us, uh, but if you are new with us, can we just give, I see a, a, a guest in the front. Can we give our beautiful sister a big hand? <laughs> welcome. And um, I want to encourage you to uh, uh, pursue, bring people. Amen? Pastor, when she was talking about in, in a sermon, goals of pursuit, she said, uh, on, she didn't say annoy. She said, what, was she, what did she say? Nag, annoy. Yeah, I'll go with annoy. Annoy sticking in my head. Until they come to church. Amen? Because that's how a lot of people come. They just, wanna sh- you know, they just want you to stop bugging them so they come to church. And then you know what? They get saved. Praise the Lord. God can use anything for his glory, eh? even annoyance. Um, so today we're going to continue on, on the Pursuit series. Um, I've called this um, sermon Foundations of Pursuit. Um, but then I wrote the message, and you know how God works. Eh? He gives you an idea, and that idea develops. So it was called the Foundations of Pursuit. And then I thought, oh, it's not really the Foundations of Pursuit. It's more like the essential aspects of pursuit. And then as I kept going, I called it Tap, um, and I'll, um, I'll explain why it's called um, tap uh, in, in the meantime. Um, so I'm going to just open up in prayer. I'll, I'll pray again. I'll pray for the word this time, amen. And then we'll just get into it and just um, I'll explain what I mean. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you were awesome. I pray that you bless this word. I pray that this is a word in season for each and every person. I pray that the message may uh, touch the hearts of your people and that your people are ready to receive it in Jesus' mighty name. I say thank you, Lord, for using me just a humble vessel, and I pray that your word word may come out clear in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people says, amen. Amen. Awesome. So Pastor Afina spoke about the goals of pursuit. Pastor Jordan spoke about the pursuit of one, and I'm going to talk about the foundations or the uh, essential aspects of pursuit or uh, TAP, whatever you wish to call it. You can pick whichever name suits you. Um, I started with foundations of, um, what's the time? I started with the foundations of um, pursuit, and then I um, thought, oh, this, what, I've, what, what God has given me is not really foundations. It's more like the very basic aspects of what pursuit really is. I'm not going to break down the word pursuit. Pastor Jay did that um, last week, so I don't think you need me to do that again. But we're just going to talk about three key essential uh, aspects of pursuit. So without these three things, you don't have pursuit. Okay? Um, and it's, it's not rocket science. It's not like 
you know, major. It's very simple, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, right. it's pretty obvious. But the reason why I feel like God's um, given me these three things is because sometimes the obvious can sometimes get distorted. So um, quick 30-minute service, put the obvious on the table, and um, we see what God wants to do with that. Amen? So um, I've called it TAP because those are the three, uh, what I think, or what I like to call the three simple um, essential parts of pursuit. Um, and the reason why I called it foundations is because um, foundations is the simplest and the most basic and the first part of everything. Okay? Um, we have the foundations of a building, which is slightly different. You have a solid foundation, you have a solid house, but then you have the basic foundations of an activity or a task. And these are essential parts of a task or an activity um, that you need in order to be successful. Um, such as, like, if you're talking about um, education, some of the um, foundation aspects of uh, studying would be uh, revision, uh, practice, and, I don't know, writing, right? So these are simple things that if you do, uh, you can learn quite well and quite effectively. So just like you have uh, essential things on education or essential things to running a race, you also have essential things of pursuit. And we're going to cover that and go through that um, this morning. So um, the first one that I want to talk about um, is target. Okay? You can't or you are not in pursuit if you don't have a target. If you don't have a goal, if you don't have a direction that you are going, if you don't have an aim. This is uh, the first part. If you, if you are running or in pursuit of something without an aim or target or a goal, you're not in pursuit of anything. Amen? Then you're just running around. Right? And this is the problem that I feel like um, a lot of Christians uh, uh, have today. We think we know the aim, but really it's slightly distorted. So what we end up doing is we end up running around. We don't stay on the right track. We don't keep pursuing that one direction. And this is why it's important to know the target, to know the aim, to know the goal. Because if you know the aim, target, or goal, then you can stick to the course that God has destined you to run. Well, if you don't know that, you're easily sidetracked. And we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to go in and out of these uh, three um, aspects because I think they're all kind of very important to one another. Amen? So as believers, we need to know. This is important why Pastor Jay gave his homework. Amen? He said, ask God what 2020 looks like to you. Amen? And that's just giving you a, a taste of what God's in has in store for you so that you can properly focus and uh, place your aim where God wants you to go. The problem, though, is that we get confused by God's target and our aim. Amen? We sometimes think that, uh, we, we, we sometimes think that this is where God wants me to go, so this is what I'm going to do to get there. And those two are not the same things. That's kind of like God's goal and your goal. Amen? So we as believers have to be uh, uh, really, uh, really aware of what God, where God wants us to go, but also where we need to go to get there. And uh, the Bible gives us a few scriptures, and I've got quite a few scriptures, but we just put them all up um, on the screen, of what the Bible says we need to pursue. So we've got 2 Timothy 2 verse uh, 22, which says, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Psalms 34, verse 14, seek peace and pursue it. Proverbs 15, verse 9, he loves uh, one who pursues righteousness. Uh, 2 Corinthians talks about pursuing love. 1 Timothy 
talks about pursuing righteousness, godliness, faith, love, and etc. And throughout the Word of God, you can find many, many more scriptures on what uh, the Word is telling you to pursue. Okay? The problem with that is because it's so many different uh, things that it's telling, love, righteousness, we sometimes get distracted. Amen? And what happens when we get distracted is righteousness becomes law. So instead of pursuing righteousness and the right standing with God, we pursue doing right things. Amen? So that becomes what we pursue instead of righteousness. Amen? Uh, we pursue, instead of pursuing love, we pursue support. Amen? And this is a big one in today's uh, society, right? Because we think that if someone supports us, they love, they love us. Right? So you can be doing something wrong or something that you think is right, and a brother will come up and tell you, I think you're wrong, then you're offended by that because you think they don't care for you. Yeah. Sure. Amen? Amen? So we get confused with love and support. Um, peace and action. Bible says pursue peace, but we pursue action or the lack of action. Amen? Uh, faith. Oh, that's a, I put faith and money. Amen? Uh, we pursue faith and we get confused with money because if we have money, we can do anything. So if God gives us a financial blessing, that's awesome. And we sometimes get shrouded from all the other ways that God can move when it comes to faith. Okay? So these are, 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 are ways that we take something and we run with it, but it's not exactly the way that God wants us to run. Amen? So this is what I feel like is the, the right way to go. Can we get 2 Corinthians 5 and Jeremiah? So here are two scriptures. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So instead of us pursuing what is right in the essence of doing what is right, I can't do this, I can't do that, I must do this, I must do that. We pursue Christ who is righteousness. And in our pursuit of Christ, we become more and more righteous. Amen? It's the same with Jeremiah 25, uh, verse 6. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell uh, securely. And this is the name by which he will be called the Lord is our righteousness. He is our righteousness. We don't have to earn righteousness, which is where we get confused by. Because we think when we talk about pursuing, we think it's earning. Remember, when Christ died and you got saved, you took on Christ's righteousness. You are righteousness because Christ gave you his righteousness. Because you are in Christ, you therefore are righteous. And you may not have it all together. You may still make mistakes. You may still get things wrong. But that's okay because the more you pursue Christ, the more righteous you become. That's the sanctification process. Amen? That's just walking with Christ and having everything else dealt with when or at the time God wants you to deal with it. So your pursuit is not the law. Your pursuit is in Christ. And when you pursue Christ, the rest will outwork itself. It's the same with love. He is love. Amen? Uh, 1 John 4 verse 8 says, God is love. Amen? And as you pursue God and as you start to learn what God is and who God's love is, you start to love the people around you. You may not love your neighbor now, but, <laughs> but 
eventually, if you're pursuing God, He will teach you how to love those that you may not want to love. So many times I hear Christians say, I can't forgive that person. He did this or they did that. I just can't forgive them. That's all right. You don't have to strive to forgive them. You strive to pursue God. And as you're developing and building that relationship with God, as you're pursuing Him, He will, he will teach you how to forgive that person. Yeah. Amen? 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 And it's the same with peace and faith. Right? As we pursue Him and His righteousness and His love and His mercy and His joy, I mean, that's another thing. We confuse joy with happiness. Amen? But as we pursue Him in His time and as you are walking this race or running this race or in pursuit of Him, the rest of these things will get worked out in you. Amen? Amen? So this is why it's important not to get sidetracked by what we think righteousness is in regards to the law or love or how we treat one another, but instead to focus on pursuing Him. Amen? Because when we pursue Him, the rest will be added to it. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's move on to the second one. Um, I've called this action. Amen? There needs to be action. You need to start something. You need to go. You need to move. You need to start the race. You need to run. You need to go in the direction that God has showed you. Right? Um, who knows that you can have the vision but not have the action? Yep. Amen? You can see what God wants for you. You can understand that you need to pursue God. But unless you put it into work, unless you start doing things, you, you don't have pursuit. Uh, when, I, when I was um, writing this uh, section, I, I, I got the idea of a river, or God gave me the, the vision of a river. And he says, there's two things that people who do not have action uh, look like. Um, and he said, um, if you don't have action, you are, number one, stagnant, or number two, you are a dam. Okay? And I call that stagnation and damnation. Amen? The difference between the two is if you are stagnant, you don't have action. You may have the vision. You have the idea. Uh, you come to church. You're there. Everything annoys you. You start becoming very, you know, irritable by everybody. Someone does something, you're like, oh, he did that again. So you start becoming kind of toxic. Amen? The best way to do that is to start moving. And how we move is the actions that we place behind our faith, right? So if you're feeling a bit stagnant, the best thing to do is lift up your hands and worship, okay? If you're feeling stagnant, the best thing to do is to go into your prayer closet at home and seek the face of God, amen? The second thing that I said is damnation, and this is when you become a dam. Um, and who knows that the whole, what a dam is, it's you have a river, right? And you have, a, a river has a path. And I think of the path is God's ordained route for the river. You have a start and you have a finish. The finish is where God wants you to end. And what a dam does is a dam comes along and puts a stopper in your path. And what happens is you build up. Everything that God has for you gets built up at that one place. 
And this is the key thing with a dam. With a dam, if you're not without purpose behind a dam, the reason why people build dams is to reroute the water. So what a dam is, you build a dam to stop water so that you can reroute that water to do your purpose. So what you have is you have a dam where water is rerouted to, uh, to pursue your purpose, but you forget that there's a God-ordained path for that river. Amen? Um, and this is evident, um, if you look at, if I use the example of righteousness um, again, a dam can be something that we put up. It can also be something that the enemy put up, puts up, right? We can put a stop in what God wants for us. We can build a wall from where God wants us to go, thinking that God wants us to go that direction and reroute what God is doing in us to go that way. Or the enemy can build a wall. And the best example that I can give you is, uh, like I said, if I use the example of righteousness, one of, the, um, one of the excuses or one of the things that people kind of like argue with or discuss in regards to righteousness is the Sabbath. Right? So people talk about, oh, the Sabbath should be on a Saturday, the Sabbath should be this day, the Sabbath should be that day. And then what happens is they become so caught up with the Sabbath that they don't want to come to church on a Sunday because, oh, I just feel like that's not what I should do. Who knows that the Sabbath is not a day? It's a principle. Amen? But we're caught up by trying to pursue what is right that we start being annoyed with simple things like, why are we coming to church on a Sunday? We should come to church on a Saturday. Why are we doing this? And then what happens is, say God has placed a, a gifting or anointing or something on your life. Let's just say this is um, your ability to teach people, right? And now you're caught up with this whole idea of the Sabbath. And what the enemy does is he then redirects your anointing. You still got the ability to teach, but now you whisper to the person next to you and you say, did you know that we're not supposed to be in church on a Sunday? I can show you in the word of God where it says that. So now you start to teach other people because God gave you the gifting of teaching, right? But you start teaching things contrary to the word of God because now the enemy has stopped you and he's now rerouting your water. He's rerouting that anointing. Okay? So this is the danger of becoming a dam. Amen? But God gives us uh, uh, ways of which we can keep flowing, keep moving, keep the pursuit going. Um, and these are the scriptures that I... Um, and I use Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Amen. When you feel like you're getting stagnant, what you're going to do is you raise up your hands. Even if you don't like it, get someone to raise up your hands for you. That's perfectly fine. Your brother and sister will do that. But worship him. Amen. Um, Second uh, Chronicles 7 verse 14, if my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Amen? So we've got to pray. We've got to seek God. Amen? We don't just do this when we are feeling stagnant. We do this all the time. But the best time to do it when we are feeling stagnant is to reach out and to uh, uh, try and reach God. Amen? And He will get you going. He will keep you in pursuit. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay. <laughs> the third one, I'm rushing through this because of time. The third one is persevere. Keep moving. The moment you stop persevering, the moment you stop moving, 
you're no longer in pursuit. Okay? A key uh, a factor or part of pursuit is to keep going, is to keep moving, is to keep pushing on. Um, Philippians 3 verse 12 says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Amen? So Paul was an accomplished man of God. And here we see, despite his accomplishments, he continued to push in, he continued to persevere, he continued to move on. One of the problems that um, we have in the kingdom of God um, is we feel like when we get a blessing that we've reached a point. Amen? And I've just had a lot of um, time with God and, and giving me pictures of, of rivers and things like this. And what this looks like in the sense of a river is if a river is flowing... It brings with it blessings for the region, right? Um, there's awesome harvest. There's awesome growth. People can build cities around it. Um, it's quite a prosperous area. What it looks like when we reach our blessing uh, is we flow through areas and we appreciate what is God is doing in that moment, in that time. But we keep moving because we keep we know that obviously there's something greater in store for us further down the line. So we keep pushing and we keep persevering. What happens when we stop is, I kind of got, I see this picture. We're like a river that is flowing through a valley. We see the prosperity of the valley, and now we want to get off the track. What happens when a river gets out of its banks? Flood. And what happens with flood? Flood brings destruction. So we think that, oh, God has brought us to this awesome place. I'm going to get off the track here. And because we get off, things start going hunky-dory for us, right? Things start not going the way it wants to go. And then we ask, God, why is this happening? It's happening because we got off the track. We stopped pursuing, right? So now where we think uh, there's prosperity, there's now harm. Amen? So one of the key things that we need to do is to continue to pursue God and to continue to, uh, 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 to flow through the valley, to continue to... Uh, Enjoy the blessings, put it to you that way, eh? and know that after this time, just around the river bend, there'll be another blessing for me, one greater than the one before, amen? Um, Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, not forsaking the assembly of others together as the manner of some is, but exhorting uh, one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. This is one of the ways that we keep each other moving, because it's so easy to get sidetracked. If you're walking alone, if it's just you, you can easily be sidetracked. This is why we never forsake the gathering of the saints. So that we can come together and if you uh, uh, look one way or look one way, or if you're starting to go off or you're starting to slow down, you have your brother there to edify you. You have the church there to encourage you. You have one another there to pick you up and to keep you going. Amen. But who knows, you don't always have the church. I mean, you hear what, two days a week? You've got church on a Sunday and life group during the week. Uh, but for the rest of the week, you at home. You alone. But God gives us a, a tool that we can use to edify ourselves. And in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, he says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Sometimes this can be used as a, like a, Sometimes people use this as a way to discourage people from speaking in tongues. 
But I believe this is vitally important to each and every one of our walk because there are times when you need to edify yourself. Amen? You're not going to always have your brother with you every step of the way. You're going to have your times and you're going to have your moments where you're going to need to edify yourself so you get into your prayer closet. And sometimes uh, these moments um, can leave you short of words. What do I say? What do I do? I don't know what's going on. This is why God gives us a spiritual tongue so that even when we have nothing to say, even when we don't know what to do, we, ha we have this ability to tap in to the awesome power and nature of God. Amen? So this is why it's important for us to uh, not just uh, uh, have but to use our spiritual tongue. This is why it's important for us to come together and not just come to church and worship, but to edify one another, to build each other up, to empower one another, to ensure that we continue to push on and pursue. Amen? You know, we believe that 2020 is a significant year for, for not just Hills, but not just Wainui, not just Loa. It's a significant year for the kingdom of God. But in order for us to uh, reap the benefits of that significant year, we have to pursue diligently. We have to rely on one another to keep us going and to pursue. When we talk about a year of blessing or a year of purpose or a year of open heavens, don't get confused um, with the year of blessing and the year of lack of struggle. Amen? Because when God uh, 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 pours out blessing, everything else continues. You're still going to have your struggles. You're still going to deal with things that you deal with. Your children are still going to play up. Amen. Your work's still going to go through things. So we need, to, uh, we need to be prepared to keep each other moving so that we can reach that 2020 uh, uh, purpose that God has for your life. Amen. Because it's not going to be I would love to say it's going to be an easy joke, you know. God's going to come 2020, and he's just going to bless all of us, and we're just going to all receive it. Hallelujah. But that's not the reality. The reality is, this is life. Things happen. Amen. Things may not go the way we think it is. Sometimes we hear God, and we hear wrong, so we make mistakes. That's life. Nothing is ever perfect. Amen. But we have to understand that when these things come, there's things in place to keep us moving. If we understand what God is uh, uh, doing for us or what God wants us to go, we can stay encouraged and empowered and motivated to keep going. If we have one another uh, with us, but, uh, we can go regardless of how we feel. We can have a brother there to pick you up. If you need your brother to pick you up and run with you, your brother will pick you up and run with you. Amen? Keep each other moving. Keep edifying up edifying one another. Keep empowering one another. Amen? So I strongly believe that 2020 is a significant year for, uh, for the kingdom of God. But in order for us to reap the, uh, what God has uh, placed in store for us, we have to pursue Him diligently, not our goals. If you want to reach your goals, pursue God. He will add this to that. What does the scripture say? Seek righteousness and all that. Seek the kingdom and righteousness and all that will be added to it. Amen. The problem is we seek all that and expect righteousness to be added to it. That's not how it works. We got the horse before the car. We got the car before the horse. Amen. So this year I want to encourage us to uh, uh, keep pursuing diligently with one another. Keep running with your brother. Keep encouraging, empowering one another. 
Amen. Because there is a blessing in store for 2020. We've got open heavens this year. God's going to do something significant, but we have to run the race. We have to pursue it diligently, and we have to not quit. Have each other's hand. If you have to drag your brother, drag your brother. Amen. We're all going to get there. Amen. We're all going to reap what God has in store for us. Amen. But it means we have to uh, get a glimpse of what God uh, has in store for us this year. Amen. Pursue it diligently. Don't just be like, God's going to do this. Amen. And then come to church and sit there. God's going to do something. Get up, seek his face. Pray. <laughs> speak in tongues. Worship. Come to church and be like, oh, I don't feel like worshiping, but you know what, Lord? I'm going to pursue you diligently. I'm going to lift my hands up. I'm going to get there. I don't know how, but I'm going to. Amen? Amen. So um, my prayer is that everybody uh, understands these three uh, basic principles of pursuit. Amen? You've got to get a glimpse of what God has in store for you for 2020. You've got to do something about it. Don't just sit there and warm the seats. Amen? Sit there and reach the heavens. That's what you've got to do. Lift your hands. Open up your mouths. Pray, even if it's difficult. Hey, get your brother to pray with you, to pray for you, and then keep going. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Amen? Amen. Um, let us pray, and then I'll give it to Pastor Jay. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are an awesome God. We thank you, Lord, that you are a loving Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you have something in store for all of us that will exceed our expectations. But, Lord, we pray that we as followers of you will diligently push towards the goal that will pursue you with all heart, Lord, Father God. Not, our, uh, uh, not the law, not action, not our own goals, but we will pursue you first and watch all others add to it. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the plan and the purpose that you have for each person. And I thank Thank you, Lord Father, that together we will run the race, we will pursue you unconditionally, and we will uh, partake in the glory of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people says, Amen.